So, <laughs> and you know my favorite part about Jerry Springer used to be like the questions from the crowd. This is for the big whale in the back in the blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how you used to go down. The crowd used to be yeah. with the shits. This is for that big little Man. bastard in the red shirt. Man. I just want to know what the hell. <laughs> because they used to do the courses and have everybody lined up like a class picture. Yeah. Everybody on the stage at the same Listen, time. like you really got to think about how Jerry used to, used to run the show. So your sister didn't know that you were sleeping with her baby daddy. Well, she knows now. Here she goes. Like, Bitch, come out of bed. That's how you find me. Swerving through traffic with them goons by Yeah, boo, talk your shit. You better call your crew. You gon' need help. Whole car strapped and I ain't talking seatbelts. Red cross, nigga. Yeah, we draw blood. Whole team got choppers like a bike club. I don't get mad. I just get money. And laugh at these Yes, sir. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast, your favorite podcast, your podcast, aka Grace on Earth. I am your host, Boo. You already know the voice, you know the vibe, man. I got two, uh, two of my favorite people in the building. Um, you know, I, you know, look, 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 phony already, phony already. <laughs> <laughs> two, two of my favorite people, two uh, very large personalities. So I'm gonna let them introduce themselves. Go for it. first, period. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's late night, too. Oh, oh <laughs> this ain't that kind of show. This, this is not that kind of show. Ma'am, this, this is not between this, the sheets. <laughs> Damn, Y'all you, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. What's up? It's Tim. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite friend of the show, Marty Maud is back. Okay, with a radio voice. Right, man. <laughs> yeah, man, got big tips in getting y'all mod in the building, man. So, how y'all feeling, man? Is everybody doing? Feeling good. Feeling good. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good, good episode. You know, I don't know the last time we like all been in the same room and not standing on couches. You know, that is, um, that's very true. I think that's a good transition for us to now that like you know we older like when we all together it's celebrations now and we ain't just you know going to Texas Roadhouse. It shows balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm still going to Texas Roadhouse. Definitely still? gonna go to Texas Roadhouse. The road's still under. Please. Yes. <laughs> they know something back there. You know, I, I'm trying to figure out why because like you know we go to Chick Fil A. They got Chick Fil A sauce and Publix. You get checkers, fries, and Publix. I'm just waiting to get down Texas Roadhouse rolls because they that, ke- they keeping the the recipes in. And that's the problem. Everybody um, outsourcing. Yeah, we lose recipes. Yeah, we already losing them anyway. Can't nobody cook no more. Mm. Mm. A time is being had. Eh? I, I think some people some people could cook. Can you cook? Can I cook? Mm-hmm. I do. Go to right. meal. What's go your go to meal? That's not fair. Come my go to meal ain't gonna be no. It's some country ass shit. It could be country. It's cool. Oh my country! My go to meal gonna be um just a uh, stew, tomato, sausage, white rice. Real easy. That's Tell good. me your geechee with real easy. Yeah, real easy. I'm saying yeah, like hey, that's, 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 that's yeah. some good eat. Yeah, I don't that's know if you get some food right spray. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we gonna run that. Roger Wood is up. Yeah, yours. Damn, how I ask you a question? Yeah, see that, yeah. All right, Tiffany, what's your go-to meal? Because you be throwing down. I feel like y'all be like, Big Mama, your arm. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's taking my legs. But like smothered chicken, (laughs) mac and cheese, and green beans, little rice. That's easy. I can do that in like an hour. Now, my go-to meal used to be stew chicken. 
And okay. Eb said I stew chicken her to death. But it was like yeah. the, it was like the first thing I learned how to cook. Exactly. Yeah, that was the first yeah. thing I learned how to cook. So that's my go-to. I could do that with my ass closed. Stew chicken. I put it up too. I'm an air fryer whore right now, so I'll mm. throw some rings in. I'll throw some on wings in the air fryer. Oh, okay, I'm scared of you. Mm. Air fryer okay. should be. I still don't know how to use the damn thing. I feel like I'm a little behind on the curve. I yeah. think there should be a guide on how to cook on the air fryer. I ain't lying. I think like it's like wings. This temperature, this time, and I've been saying for the longest that in my house we should do that because I'll go to cook something like, "Hey, what you what you supposed to cook that on?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think like air air fryers get like this press of it being so easy to cook in and blah, and it's not like it's not what people make it seem to be because you can really fuck some shit up in there. Yeah, you just gotta try. You just gotta test it out. Yeah, yeah, but who got time for that? Like with chicken with raw meat. Food. Yeah, with raw meat. Like you know, like, you done burned up the damn fish. So yeah, undercook. So undercook, and then just go from there. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's how I learned. You know, cook, pull out, cut, put it back. Are we talking about food? Yeah. Okay. Take it out, put it back in. Yeah. Take it out, put it back in. Oh, like the trade that you have in the air fryer. Both y'all came here to shit freaky in the morning. I understand. We. This is a family show. This is a family. We have been. I about to say on air. <laughs> We've been <laughs> on air for five minutes. Yep, and yep. we cutting up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Already got to put this PG. Yeah. See, now we in late night with Q Sweat. Fuck around with y'all. Right. Sweat hotel. There you go. Sweat hotel. Is this That's is a heartbreak hotel? Get yeah, niggas emphasis microphone. on the whole part. Because <laughs> what we do, my we put the whole time in showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Episode is over. <laughs> All right, that's Thank it. Thank you for coming out. Yo, appreciate y'all, man. Thank you, man. Yo, fuck with this, fuck with this. You don't, don't you worry you know about it. I know appreciate everybody like fucking it. the first time, last time, whatever time, man. <laughs> that is it for the podcast, man. Thank y'all for coming out. It's been great. It's been great. It's been great, man. It's been great. Glad, glad, glad y'all came out. Can't wait for the next one. Can't wait for the next one, man. So, uh, we're going to get right into uh, get into it, man. Me and Ma have a few conversations. Um, you know about uh, team building um, And you're doing some new things with Active Dad I know last episode you came on You spoke about some things you're working on So, Yes sir So um, for one I love coming on here Because I always feel You should use your friends platforms To talk about stuff yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's all for the rollout But what we have going on with Active Dad We have an official Charlotte team now mm. um, And just basically what I've been in the process of Let me rewind I had a uh, Project Inspire call Which is a non-profit I used to run um, for everyone listening, for listeners, you know, because this is a big platform. So, um, so everyone listening, you just have a nonprofit project inspire, and um, it's been ten years since I founded that. So we had a Zoom call this week just to get everyone together because once everyone moved to different cities, we've never had that synergy. Right. Um, everyone's doing so good, everyone's extremely successful, but we all got on the Zoom call. I lied and told everyone, like, hey, um, I'm doing a mastermind call, and I just hit two of my homies up. Um, I want you guys on so I can tell you. So nobody knew what they were coming into. Right. Got on the call. Everybody was so surprised. Mm-hmm. And um, the synergy from there, for one, it just showed me, like, this is an accomplishment, but also this is the importance of having the right team because mm-hmm. everything we accomplished was teamwork. So yeah. after that call, I was like, you know what? I'm just putting my Instagram, at the dad, Charlotte's building a team, reach out to me, X, Y, Z. And box got flooded um, with guys. So um, And I just think from checking my personal track record, I have a good – Track record of building good teams professionally and outside of professionally. Mm-hmm. So, um, got the team in place. Um, everybody that's in Charlotte, we got ice cream with dads next Wednesday mm-hmm. at Jenny's. Um, we have Dad Miles June tenth in collaboration with Mad Miles again. So, um, yeah, I'm back on my bullshit. We rolling. 
air horn, air horn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, stuff like, yeah. So I've been wanting to come up and do and do uh, do mad miles with y'all one day. Y'all niggas be really running, like running, running. Really be running, but some people be walking too. Some people walking. Yeah, but them niggas like we got all we got all paces. But by the time they get done walking, y'all done got done partying and passing out shots and shit. Like you get back and everybody <laughs> done and go. All that happens after the walk is done. Yes, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. After the walk is done. That's, sound, when, that, that's when the party starts. It sounds good, but I remember when y'all told me y'all was gonna wait for me when did the bridge run. <laughs> and y'all around me for all the three minutes. Next mm. thing you know, I'm by myself. Just on at top of the bridge by myself. I was trying to catch up with Stephen. Lost. See? Ebony was out there. See? She was just behind you. Oh, see, you, you should have told me. Me and we walk together. Yeah. I know. She that. said she was gonna run it. She ran it for thirty seconds. Yeah. Well, my whole thing was she, did, <laughs> she, did, she did, did not, did not. And the thing is, I told you before we ran. I said my that week if we run a mile and I'm cool, I'll come out with y'all Saturday. And I ran a mile. You did. I, I just got drunk the Friday before. Oh yeah. And then you gonna feel it? Yeah. No, Going up that bridge, you feel everything. Coming down, I felt felt it too. Then my leg locked up. But you made it. I did. I didn't, all right. I didn't know they posted time online. They ain't had to do that. I took my little thing off the bed. I know that. I put that shit up there. I tell everybody what I did. I just doing this shit for fun. Don't do that, man. So, so with that, um, and Tip, you can chime in on this too, because you know one thing that we looked at in that is just kind of the importance of a team, right? Like yeah. we all successful, all done a lot of things on our own, as well as you know things together. But the main thing that we've always had is a good team. You know what I mean? And I think we all learned the lesson of um, trying to do and save the whole world by ourselves, right? Don't you like, be tired? Yeah, always. Tired as hell doing it. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, trying to be Superman, Superwoman. Like, you know, because, you know, leaning on the talent, you know what I mean, that, that we have. And I feel like it's not being, you know, but, you know, we, we are you know, a talented group. So, no, yeah, I can do this on my own. But why? Yeah. You know, why? why not bring other people part. in? So. So for y'all, what have y'all seen in that? Like kind of just building teams, you know, the importance of it, you know, what kind of things you look for in the people you bring with you and that kind of thing. Um, I can lead with, I'm a control freak. Mm-hmm. So I want everything done a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a trauma response <laughs> from, <laughs> seriously, from um, disappointment and wanting stuff done a certain way. So mm-hmm. I had to learn to, you know, if you want it done a certain way, show or let them do it come back and critique and i really learned a lot of that and um project inspired with some of the events that we were doing when events didn't flow how it was supposed to and i we took a step back who was actually, fucking up say they um this event was Stephens. <laughs> oh i'll just he didn't i shout out to fields because fields runs the show for a lot of my stuff fields mm-hmm. is like the, the damn near stage manager but when he first did a swag versus class on um, me and broderick we had a certain way we wanted things done, but it kind of didn't flow. So we just told Stefan, like, hey, like when you do it, like do it this way. Gave examples, mm-hmm. practice a little bit more. And he under- he gave pushback initially. But then afterwards, he's like, you know what? Cool. And then mm-hmm. after that, all of the swag versus classes, it just flowed once we created a template um, yeah. to follow for it. Okay. Tip? Um, for me, when it comes to building a team, I like to be around people that are teachable. Mm-hmm. And I feel that... Most of the time, the team dynamic doesn't work if somebody is a know-it-all or somebody's just not in a position to try to learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same time, I give my space the grace to be teachable, too. Yeah. Because like Ma said, I'm I'm a control freak, too. Like, I like stuff the way that I like stuff. So knowing when to fall back, knowing when to kind of... And it's hard. I ain't when, lying. Because yeah. <laughs> move your ass out the way. I got <laughs> shit. I can do this guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think we get it from him. At this point, I think we. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how this come down the slide. Right. I think we get it from our moms. Our moms Absolutely. have similar personalities the same way. And my mom is very much the, don't don't worry about it, I'll do it. Yeah, my mom used to say, either you going to do it or you ain't going to do it. Ain't no damn try. So you hear stuff like that and it's just like, it's just ingrained in your brain, bro. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just with teams as a whole, like, one thing I had to learn was just kind of let that the ego part of it go. Yeah. Like, I had to learn that, you know, not in a cocky way, just the ego of knowing, again, I can do this shit. Like, I'm, you know what I mean, and, and almost not wanting to alienate, alienate team members and saying, you know, or give them the vibe of, I don't really need you mm-hmm. to do this. You know what I mean? Because that could be, you know, problematic. And no one wants to work with a person who's like that. So yeah. kind of transitioning away from that. You know what I mean? Just actually learning to be a good leader. You know what I mean? Not just, you know, in leading people as in, you know, you're walking with them and not just kind of just dragging them along and making them feel they're here just, you know, kind of to be here. Um, but, you know, again, I think that, you know, for us, um, you know, we've done some dope things together. You know, think dope things separate. Um so I think just that team building part is important. I think a lot of, you know, especially our age demographic, you know, is, you know, kind of like how shit say, right? Everyone's so creative, right? Everybody's so everybody, so, so everybody's doing so much shit and so many different things that I think that part of it gets missed a lot. And that's why we see a lot of falling outs, a lot of issues and a lot of these things because people just don't understand how to be a team yeah. and how yeah. to, you know, conduct themselves as leaders, as followers, as, as all that, you know. Then so. I think seasons matter too. Mm. Every season is not your season to be in the front. Every season is not your season to be a follower. It's going to be ups and downs. So it's like you're trying to navigate this team dynamic, and everybody has stuff going on in their personal life. I think a lot of people don't know how to do both at the Mm -hmm. same time. And that's when a lot of people fall out. That's when a lot of people drop off the team. They don't really want to kick it with you no more. They don't want to skate with you none of that. (laughs) But yeah. I think that dynamic, a lot of people don't understand that. And I think I can say that from a space of like falling out with friends mm-hmm. and reconnecting with friends. It's just really, you have to understand that everybody got some personal shit going on. Yeah. Everybody ain't got time for that shit all the time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you can't be offended. Right. About it. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially that falling out with friends thing, a lot of times it's literally a miscommunication. It's, mm-hmm. and, and it goes back to the ego part of it because it's a miscommunication, but you didn't feel the need to just say, hey, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you just said, all right, well, fuck it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Yeah, that's what that's my favorite line. You don't, don't even worry about it. I got don't it. Worry don't even worry about it. it. And, You'll and, be tired as hell. Don't mm, worry about it. Yeah, I got it. Fuck it. I just fucking, the hell out. Yeah, phone in the morning. I got it. God damn it. Move. Don't touch nothing. You know, shit. Get your ass on it. You know what I mean? But but it's important, especially like I said, with friends. Like that happens a lot, especially when you delve into friends and business and friends and projects and all these things. Because, you know, the friendship line gets blurred. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, you know, when you cut up in business with friends, um, they want to bring a lot of people want to bring that friendship dynamic into a business. And it doesn't work like that. No. You know what I mean? Because the things I let you slide with as a friend, I can't let you slide with, you know, in business because we can't afford that mistake. You know, if you don't show up, you know, to um, go out with us one night, give a fuck, still going to have a good time. But if we got a meeting or something like that, we got going on, you don't show up, that can be detrimental to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, the, so that's the, you know, the main thing. But I thought that would be an important, you know, kind of uh, conversation to have. Um, but 
<clears throat> in transitioning, um, you know, we spoke about, um, you know, saying I got it, being the one who, who can lead. Um, and I thought that would be uh, a real good point to, to dive into being a strong friend. Tired Tired as hell And that's gonna be a theme in that right Like same shit Like being a strong friend Being the one that everyone kind of comes to When they have issues When something's happening You know whether it's financially Mentally Spiritually Whatever Let me call such and such They always make me feel better Or they always got an answer And you know what I mean No one really calls And just say Hey yo how you doing Mm -hmm. You know what I mean To check on you You know they may And then when you kind of go I know for me you know, a lot of times when I'm in a certain space, I just kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now it's, oh, he acting funny. Like, nah. Like, you're just, going, just a little fucked up. Yeah, I'm just a little fucked up right now. Like, you'd probably be better off if you just asked me what was going on. Right. More so, just assume all, man. Mm-hmm. Nigga, yeah, nigga acting funny. Yeah, nigga acting different, blah, mm-hmm. blah, whatever. So, so, what experience have y'all had, you know, with being a strong friend? I'll let you lead to Um, It's hard. Because I'm the the funny friend, the strong friend, and there's been so many times that I just felt like so alone. Mm-hmm. Because people would, when I was going like just through crazy times, people would still expect me to show up as the strong, funny friend. And when I would tell people what I had going on, it was almost like it didn't take me serious. Mm-hmm. But no, being funny is actually a coping mechanism. Yeah. Bitch, I'm about to slide down the wall. No, no, like no, I, I'm 30 I, I, seconds from crying. I, like I can, I can somebody do something. Yeah. <laughs> so that was two parts. It was one, me learning to share how I'm really feeling, mm-hmm. finding a safe space to share and people that were going to take me seriously mm-hmm. when it got to that point. And I think the second part was me being, I guess, mature enough to realize that all my friends don't have the capacity to be the type of friend that I am. Mm. So the way I am to them, they may not have the space to be that for me simply because they don't know how, Mm -hmm. which is probably why they cling to me the way that they do. So that kind of made me like explore other friendships and find other support groups instead of just relying on the people that I already had relationships or community Mm. with. Yeah, I think it's very important. Um, one of my friends, mom taught us in middle school that you foul your friends, and you know like who's for what. Mm-hmm. I got friends I know if I want to go have a good time and go out, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mastermind friends, cool. Churchy, you know, just foul fitness friends, just foul find friends that are going to fit what you have going on. I can say within my experience of being a strong friend, with going to therapy, my therapist did teach me that you have, like Tiffany said, you have to be open, you have to be vulnerable, and you have to allow people to see that other side of you. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone just knows you from being strong, it's, it's kind of how individuals are programmed. If mm-hmm. they just know you from being strong when you are weak, they may not know what that looks like. Yeah. And you don't know what that looks like because a lot of us, you know, we were taught, keep it in-house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't do this. And I, like for me personally, like my mom always taught me, like if you have to cry, you, you go cry in your room you go cry and you wipe your face and you go out so you don't show anyone anything Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of us were raised within that same mindset so for me it's been a lot of um just learning how to be open learn how to tell people like hey i don't have it together right now yeah i'm not good right now yeah and um, another example that i know um one of my one of the ogs dennis akins was telling me about when i was venting him an example how you could look at this is some parents like no kids are going to be the same Right. And in some instances from the outside, you look at it as like, this is the favorite kid and that's not the favorite kid. Mm-hmm. But parents know who's the kid that can handle themselves mm-hmm. and the kid that cannot handle themselves because the one that handles themselves shows them on a the regular. Right. The ones that aren't able to handle themselves, they also show like, hey, I need more help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only downfall to that is 
they're not going to feel inclined to help the oldest because they're like, she always got it together. Yeah. yeah. Who feels the need to go check on them? So it's, but the oldest, if they were more vocal about, hey, like I'm going through this, I need help with this, I need help with that, mm-hmm. that can kind of shift that narrative. Mm-hmm. And that's from a family perspective, but also in a friend perspective. Mm-hmm. So some of the practices that I do, if I need a vent, if I'm calling my friends, like, hey, like, do you have the capacity mm-hmm. right now yeah. to do this? Um, shout out to Lambo. Lambo's good for always texting at least two weeks, like, hey, mental health check. How you spiritually, yeah. um, physically, mentally rate it from one to five. Yeah. And it's just a quick check in. We'll mm-hmm. chop it up if you need prayer. You do what you need to do. Just just I think those things, if we do more of those things, then we showcase it to others that'll help. Absolutely. I yeah. think that's a good idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one thing that, you know, the tip said that I feel is very important is just understanding not to expect you out of other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all that's so hard. Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough. Especially it's when tough. you and your friends have so much in common. Yeah. And how I try to look at it is, like, with my friends, I've known mine since the sixth grade. Mm. There's a whole life that happened before I even met mine. Yeah. So there were yeah. things that happened to me. So it, even though he's been my friend for that long, there are mm. still parts of my life that he does not know about how they mm. affected me. And all it's these things. We just learned about each other exactly. from getting and talking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you really have to... You have to be vulnerable and you have to give others the space to be vulnerable. And shout out to Lambo because now I'm about to be doing bi-weekly check-ins <laughs> with my folks. Like, what's up? What's going on? What's on your mind? Yeah, no, nah, you definitely got to check up on your people. And, you know, and again, like y'all say, it's hard. It's tough. I know I'm extremely guilty of that. You know what I mean? Of kind of feeling like, well, I did it, so why can't you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I did it, it's not that hard because, look, I did it. But not understanding people, you know, moving in and dealing in certain spaces and being in certain seasons – and, and maybe they just can't do that right now, or maybe it's not something they don't have the capacity to do. You know, they don't whenever. Really know how? Yeah, they've never been taught that or gone mm-hmm. through that. You know, I was, um, you know, going. You no, know, I was going to therapy. Um, you know, my therapist would tell me in a lot of situations, she's like, "Well, you also got to realize, like, you're going to therapy. You're talking these things out. Mm-hmm. Is that person doing that? No. Okay, so you have a certain level of understanding they may not have, and you're seeking." That understand it, they're not. So you got to give them grace to understand that. Okay, cool. You're not on that type of time, and that, that's, that, that will cause a lot of frustration for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, hey, I just learned this new about me. Let me come tell you. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, all right. And you really got to keep yourself in check because it's it's the same thing. Any type of change you go through, yeah. You know, like let's say you have some financial revelation and you decide to start saving more. Mm-hmm. Your friend spending kind of frivolously, it's going to piss you off. Mm-hmm. You start working out. You eating better. You got a friend. All she want to do is eat hot dogs and hot wings. Mm-hmm. It's going to start <laughs> to piss you off. But you really got to check yourself that you don't project. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. your changed mindset mm-hmm. onto other people. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's hard work, though, because yeah. it'll piss you off. Yeah. Hard. I ain't lying. <laughs> like, damn, bitch, slow down. Your back <laughs> Damn, glizzy gobbler, calm down. God, God. you eating again? But you really have to, you know, like you have to check yourself. And I think a lot of people aren't in the space to do that either. It's kind of of like the baby Christian. Yeah. Mm. When people first get saved. You come out the water on fire. (laughs) Be on fire for Jesus. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. I was there. Especially they in a storefront church. Ooh, I wore a purity ring and everything, (laughs) y'all. And when your heart watch not right, like you get so consumed in the image. Boom, I got pregnant. Mm. Lay it low and spread it wide. Get up slow. But anyway, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> See, this part of the problem. 
This is why Boobie not gonna let us come back. <laughs> nah, this is why y'all welcome back at all times. <laughs> at all times. I'm sure the listeners are having a blast right now. So <laughs> But yeah. yeah <laughs> but yeah, nah, like I said all the things are important, man. And and also, you know, checking yourself is also kind of doing one of the hardest things there is to do, which mm-hmm. is admitting that you're wrong. You know what I mean? Because to check myself, I'm telling myself, yo, like, you probably handled that different. Mm-hmm. You know, handled that wrong. You probably could have done that a little bit different. So coming out and checking myself and saying, nah, bro, you was bugging. You know, it took me a minute to get to that point. Like, you, I can do it now. Do you feel you check yourself pretty often or how fast does it happen? Say a situation happens right now. What time is that? 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Do you check yourself by 6 o'clock or do you think it's going to take to like 8 o'clock tomorrow morning? I know immediately when I've handled a situation wrong. Okay. Now, do I act on it? No. Okay. To be honest. I think mine is like the, the speed has gotten faster for me because I have a child. Oh, yeah. So like if even if I say <clears throat> something to her mm-hmm. and I was real abrasive and I said it wrong, I don't know. It's almost like I have a brain lapse or I go back in time or something and I mm-hmm. remember when people did stuff like that to me. Mm-hmm. I apologize immediately. Yeah. And I feel like it's starting to kind of just be the standard in my life. Like if me and a friend get into an argument, I'm not going to give it a day or two because yeah. anything can happen between now and then. And so it's like, you know what? I handled that wrong. I apologize. We don't have to talk about it, but mm-hmm. I did want you to know that I handled that wrong and I do apologize and we can revisit or talk about it later. Yeah. 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 And that's important. I mean, like I said, for me, and it's still some pride enough for me. I can admit it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I can handle something wrong. And immediately I know, damn, boo, you, you ain't had to do that. But I ain't going to say shit. <laughs> not yet, not yet. Like, I'm gonna say something eventually, but I ain't gonna say shit in that immediately moment. In that immediate moment, because a lot of times, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, kind of whole thing where you know, hey, if I did y'all wrong, I'm not sorry at all. You probably played with me, and you deserve the shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and that mindset is still there a little bit. Like, I probably wouldn't have done that if you that. did. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, 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 I'm a working project, progress with that. Like. No, hey, I probably would have did this had you not played with me yeah. four, five, six, seven times. I was so chilling. I got the self-awareness <clears throat> part. It's the yeah. conflict resolution part exactly. that I need to work on. Because exactly. I leave your ass on red. Mm-hmm. I won't pick up the phone. I won't call you. Because once you act crazy with me, like I don't really know. I'm sure you're crazy. Yeah. Right. You think you're crazy. <laughs> I'm sure you're not. Bitch, come, come down, down the slide. slide. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you go crazy, I'm going to go Lamar on your ass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you some shit now. So yeah. I don't know. And it's, that's the hard part of like friends and teams and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, because the conflict resolution part, I feel like we'll never really make it to that point to learn how to resolve the conflict. And it's also kind of, you know, one of the things where it's like, you know who you play with? I really don't think. Don't, oh, play, no with like, it, don't play with it. Don't play you with it. You know, <laughs> like for real, like, cause you, like I know them thoughts come across my mind. It's like, who are you talking to? And like, and this is kind. Of, it's like that you talk about Lamar. It's almost like a Lamar moment. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You said that shit to me. People you? don't know me. Yeah, like you can't. So it's like, <laughs> no way possible. It's like, no way possible. But the other part of that is understanding. Like, all right, cool. You know, that's not the right way. Yo, that's been one of the hardest things I had to learn how to do is understand that you just can't physically deal with your problems. Yeah, like, it's still like, a struggle. Yeah, it's, it's, I was there. Ooh, boo, 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 I caught some of it. I caught some of it. A little bit of it. I'm not gonna say nothing. You bring but it up. I, I got a little fight bit. first and ask questions. Like, <laughs> got to. Got, it was so easy. Like, that was the problem. It was so easy to do. I would kick somebody's ass and go home, go sleep with my thumb and my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I a <laughs> Nah, for real. I remember when Snowfall, uh, that nigga Andre, the officer asked Frank, he said, How you feel 
uh, how do you sleep at night? You know, uh, after you know you destroy your community, and they're like, like a baby. I am <laughs> sleep like a baby. Don't girl, don't give a damn. Shouldn't have did it. That's always been my my response to a lot of things. Like you just shouldn't have did it. Like why'd you do that? You knew me. You knew I wasn't gonna roll with that. Now shit. I'm crazy. Yeah, now I'm crazy. But so we, we just we just going past the part where y'all provoke me. Yeah, that it was all and good. I, I'm kicking ass. It's I'm cool crazy. when they do it. It's probably when I do it. Fuck, Fuck all y'all. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought we was, I thought we was gonna do that in unison. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Look I'm at me sorry. being the Beyonce. Yeah. I let my little hood right up. <laughs> yeah, I'm Michelle. I'll be Michelle. I ain't say a word. Y'all, y'all go ahead. Blesses thee. Michelle's actually pretty funny. Nah, she yeah, yeah. Tanitra, she's. I mean, I don't funny. know if I ever heard her talk. Like she's dorky as hell and she's hilarious. She kind of like Lori Harvey. I don't know if I ever actually heard her speak. Yeah, she's she's really funny. Oh okay. Hmm. Michelle Williams, oh. Tanitra Michelle Williams. Right. Oh, Tanitra. What's the what's the difference? Tanitra's her real her, her real name. I knew she was ghetto. Baby, <laughs> Tanitra, Tanitra, Calendria, and Beyonce. Oh yeah, some names for your ass. Right some names for your ass. And she church. And she Latavia. Latoya. How you gonna feel? I seen everybody had these. too. I seen everybody had these Spanish names for Cinco de Mayo. How you gonna feel on Juneteenth when they start naming themselves Tanitria? I really don't care. I think it should be funny. I don't care. I think it's funny. I'm funny shit. Yeah, I'm have a blast. I hope people have to like. Come on, like we'll get mad at people for doing that. This is something I personally we, we the most fake outraged people. This, in this is something Earth. I personally have a problem with. Black people have a lot of issues when like whites or whoever mimic how we talk, but we're always saying stuff like Becky and John, and yeah. we're always talking really. Nabbit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. People do that all the time, yeah. but when other people do it to us, it's like, oh, this there. Nah, come on now. Yeah, now some of that on. shit be funny. That nah, should be funny. It be funny as hell. Yeah, don't like, get too racist on us now. But. <laughs> yeah, don't go too crazy with it, but you know what I'm saying. A lot of times it should be funny as hell. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I just can't wait. I can't wait because I know for sure. I told him one day, Boobie Miguel hit Diego Corrales Escobar <laughs> off top <laughs> all day long. It just rolled off the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you such got, a natural. Yeah, yeah. You got to roll that Corrales. Corrales. You got to put that on. I can't there. really roll my tongue. Like I know boxer. I took speech. <laughs> I did too. I, I what you couldn't say? I could. I could. <laughs> I remember. I couldn't say. <laughs> I would tell you why you tell me else. I remember we were in the car. I couldn't say bench. So what? I remember I was like, Mama, that boy over there sitting on the bench. And I was like, What did you say? Where nah. he sitting at? Yeah. He was sitting on the bench. Oh, Here nah. See, you had She was like, Oh, no, I got to sign. So right now for speech. So see, I couldn't say That's my, my kid in speech therapy now because of my ass. Yeah. See, I couldn't say my R's. Oh, you can say R? Yeah. So what you used to say? So were they W's? What were they? Yeah, they were W's. That's all I ever fun. Like I was hunting rabbits. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> and see, the bad part about it was everybody thought she was cute when I was little until I'm eight. And I'm still yeah. saying, yeah, like, let's go to Booger King. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit was bad, bro. Like, the funniest part about it is even now to this day, like, I have to literally focus on my R's. Because oh, if I get excited hard. and start talking too quick, like, that shit going to, again, Elmer Fudd all over again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Booger King, Wabbits, um, <laughs> all that shit. Like, like it's cute. Yeah, oh. like on a fucking toddler. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. grown ass man, grown ass man, yeah. and Wabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I like the weed. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah, like if you wear that in the paper, like that's crazy. Oh, Lord, help me. Yeah, yeah no, nah, that shit hard, man. So I really got to focus on that. That's funny. I, I didn't know using speech, man. They put us in speech. We was with the, the speech class with the BD niggas. So, like, we were on field trips together. But they, them boys had the best field trips. They were slow. They probably knew where they was at. But, like, that <laughs> it was some fun field trips. Lord, 
You living me from laughing at everything. <laughs> I mean, one time we went to Stell Park, had a picnic. It was a blast. We had burgers and, and hot dogs and shit. It was a good time. <laughs> scary, huh? Yeah. I was sad when I graduated out of speech. Couldn't go back no more. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to relapse. I was frightened. Like, wait, 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 wait. Bring me back. <laughs> For real, man. That shit was a good time, man. Fuck what they're talking about. Um, so we kind of moved to, to a little lighter note, man. Um, y'all, been, I mean, I got to do show recaps now after snowfall. I feel like after snowfall, you know, first of all, me and Jordan last week spent an hour talking about that was a snowfall the, episode. Yeah, yeah, that, but yeah, if anyone needs a yeah. analysis of snowfall, that was that. Yeah, that, it was that, good. Yeah, I, I listened to that work. It yeah, no, nah, no, nah, yeah, absolutely. We it, we I didn't mean for it to go that long, but I mean, we just kind of getting got into all the different parts of it. Um. And obviously with Snowfall, we shifted into power. Um, I haven't seen the new episode. Have you seen it too? Oh, Tiffany don't watch TV, baby. Oh, okay. All right. I'm working on it. Don't watch me watch but TV. I don't, period. Mm. But I, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, I don't even have a TV in my bedroom. I don't have a TV in my bedroom either. Me either. Right, because my bedroom is for rest. <laughs> What, what what is for? Rest. West. <laughs> West. <laughs> for, for West and rest. And wrestling. And wrestling. Got a wrestling going on here. Yeah. <laughs> Off the ropes. <laughs> on the ocean. On the ocean. Damn it. What you do? Oh, yes, Lord. Hey, friend. <laughs> it's been- I just pictured picture Tiffy like what what auntie name was or uh, next Friday. Oh. <laughs> I know. Sugar. Oh. It was sugar. Ooh, Mr. Nasty. Yeah, Mr. Nasty time. Yes, mm. Jumping off the room. Remember he went in the room, they had a mask on, a little rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the leather. Mm-hmm. I might have give me a little mask. What you gonna do that? What you gonna do with that mask? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> no, why'd you bring it up? I don't talk. About no, that. no, no! Don't tell us. Tell everybody. Since you, since you, I mean, you know, just put it. Yeah, in, you know, just, just have, a little, have a little fun. Since you the rock, live a little. You, you gotta spice it up. Oh, put a little mask on. Yeah, put a cayenne in there. Hmm. If you were a wrestler, oh, I, if you were a wrestler, I thought you were saying something. I was like, oh. yeah, I wonder what, <laughs> kind of freaky freaky what kind of freaky shit? What kind of freaky shit? Freaky, wait, guys, oh, no. shit. I'm an angel. Yeah, spice it I up. Like it spicy, but I don't yeah, like it. Put them cayenne in it. Good lord. If you were a wrestler, would you wear pants or drawers? Drawers. <laughs> he answered so fast. Drawers. I would want a little mid short. No, I'm wrestling drawers. I'm scared of y'all. Boots. If you were a wrestler, <laughs> ask somebody else. Would I'm you wear tights? Because the girls, Trish Strategies, wear like tights and then they have a little crop. Yeah, mm-hmm. would you be a tights girl or would you be a crop top with shorts? Mm, probably a crop top and shorts, distract them with all his ass. Hey, okay. hey, yeah. look, look. Asshole. Get into it. But yeah, yeah, now I'm thugging the draws. I'm thugging the draws. Because yeah. okay. I ain't wrestling anyway. We just going to box. Yeah. Don't touch me. Stone Cold Steve Austin wore draws, didn't he? Mm hmm. Yeah. That's what I got it from. I wear draws. Yeah, yeah, I wear draws. Yeah, yeah. That's such a wild time in history. Yeah, come marching out the back with beers in your hand and shit. Yeah, it's it, a draw. In a, in a leather vest. Draws. In a leather vest. <laughs> and we just be sitting there watching the TV. Yeah, just scream. Stupid. Yeah, I was sitting there with my with some soda. Just you <laughs> see what I'm saying? Lord. Making, yeah, having a ball. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite wrestler growing up? It was between Stone Cold and um, Undertaker. 
Diamond Dallas Page easily. I mm-hmm. remember when I met him. I forgot about. I Diamond had a full Dallas blown Page. Beyonce moment. Oh my god! Huh. Honorable honorable mention to Shawn Michaels. Okay. Because it's music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like X Pop. God damn! This is like just because I want to be disrespectful and I wanted to tell everybody. Triple so. H was kind of cool that. too. You know who I like secretly that I never told anybody? Stephanie McMahon. Had a crush on her? I'd be Stephanie McMahon. Ass was flat as a biscuit. But yeah. you know, we we didn't know. But she just looked nasty, though. You should, she she looked like she was real free. When I was looking at her back then, I wasn't really. She like she say cock. What she looked like now? Cunt. I feel yeah. like they all yeah. say cock. Yeah. I don't know if they all say cock. I don't think Trish Stratus say cock. Nah, she say. She won't. <laughs> what she, you know what? <laughs> what she say? What she say? What, she, Baby, what did I tell you? The number you reached has been disconnected. <laughs> That's the, I'm not answering yeah, the bell. We was in the Chinese store <laughs> with the candy lady house. Uh, right. That's exactly. What it's like. <laughs> with the candy lady house. Yeah. Nah. But nah. Val Venus. That was my guy. I forgot all about all these. Hello, Scorpions. He'll come out but, with the but, towel. But we're crossing now. We're doing WCW and WWF at this point because yeah. some of them weren't on WWF. Yeah, well, we just said wrestling. We yeah. Never, yeah. No, I'm just saying in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you got the old heads, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Stone Cold wouldn't be at the top always. Yeah, Stone Cold is a I feel like he was black. I'm really surprised he's not racist. He might be, but I don't want to know. No, nah, they said he's not. They said he's like very vocal about like issues in the U.S. Okay. and stuff. Really, I was re- I was reading it on Twitter because now Texas rattlesnake is a racist. Now as an adult, it's like damn, and Hulk Hogan was. Oh, I knew he. Oh, was. we knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could smell the nigga hate on him. I think it was the skin. Where he from? Hell. You very good. <laughs> Next caller. <laughs> Ain't nobody talking about. <laughs> That's all right. I, I know Rick Flair wasn't racist, so we good. Yeah, my boy with the Migos. Mm-hmm. Rick. Yeah, for sure. Um, but man, power. Damn, how we get from that? The hey, person I draw some power. So we I got the spirit. So Tip didn't see it. I didn't see it, but you saw it. So I got questions. All right, let's let's get into it. Let's go. So yeah. first question: Kane and Effie. Yeah, he busted down. Mm. He hit. Yeah, he did hit. Hit twice. Twice. He hit twice in one episode. Has anyone else in power hit twice in one episode? I saw the ghost. And Angela, because yeah. he wasn't hitting Tasha like that. Well, he was saying Tasha. He, he had a couple of us. He had Tasha and Angela same night. Okay, so, that he, count? so he was um, double entree. Can we have a de- uh, power debate? Okay. Maybe do you see the first season of Power? I have. Okay. So I used to watch it. So you were watching TV at one point. At one point. Before she became so important. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay. crea- so creative. Yeah, um, so So who was at fault Tasha. for the collapse of. Oh, God. I knew your answer was Tasha. Tasha. So Tasha, everybody say Tasha. I think it was both of their fault. I think that Ghost should have had a conversation very early about this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Agreed. You know, like because I think Tasha just got so used to the lifestyle, you get used to the the thrill. That 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 shit. Well, from what I heard, that shit kind of you know the thrill <laughs> of it all. It's, it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, you get all these lavish gifts and you having a ball. You mm. get what I'm saying, and I think that. Somebody that's so like engulfed in that lifestyle. Once you tell me that you're not doing it anymore, I'm looking like, what, what you mean? What the fuck you fuck? mean? Right? Where, where I'm gonna get these Chanel bags? Give me that fucking shit. block. Y'all see how her mama was acting. You see what I'm saying? Oh, and yeah. I think big mom wouldn't have it. She was mad. The yeah, big mom it, mad. You gonna put me out this penthouse? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and to ghost, it just sounded like she didn't support what he was trying to do. 
I think they should have had honest conversations. I just feel on. I just feel like it was fuck Tasha Elvis and she was finger popping in the back of that uh truck. Yeah, that, well, that was episode one. Was the episode? That was the first episode. Wow, they really gave her a good villain story. Yeah, off they top. Did. Oh, she was oh, a terrible young nigga that ended up getting shot. Yeah, Kane, Kane's son. Yeah, Kane's son. Yeah, fucking with the help. Mm-hmm. Fucking with the help. That's what bothered me. If you're gonna do it, do it. And Kane oh. killed his own son. Mm-hmm. He said, "I want his son." Said, "I go son." Then he took go son. Life was stolen. Boy ain't been saying. Boy ain't been saying since. Poor, poor Reek Reek. Ever since he had his sister killed. You know what, Raina? If you ever hear this, mm-hmm. girl, they let you go out like a chump. Yeah, she did. Like she had no street. Car- Ray, Ray, I know what you did, Way, Way. No, <laughs> no fight back. <laughs> Do it the rest of the episode. Just took my girl out. Like, mm-hmm. why no would you even back. say that? She was green and slow. Goofy as Raina was eternal for sure. Goofy like, as hell. Because why would you? Come on, Raina. But she was having fun in heaven. The videos they saw, it showed her dancing. All right, see, <laughs> this is why you can't come back. <laughs> she was having fun. This is—I think she was hitting the dougie. You got one. That's strike one. Okay, that's strike one. You got one. We got two more. Okay, strike system. Got, okay, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm fair. 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 You're off for structure. Yeah, you know what? Come on, which is crazy because when I was growing up, I hated it. But yeah, now I'm all about it. All about it. Y'all caught a baby on the plane. Who was wrong? The baby. Fuck that Most baby. definitely the baby. Tiffany, who's wrong? Say it. <laughs> Say it. The people. <laughs> <laughs> I know I love the baby. Fuck that the baby. The baby was wrong. Buddy asked the most important question. They said, sir, you're yelling. The fucking baby's yelling. He said, so is the baby. So is the baby. See, the baby pay extra to yell on the plane? No, he said, did that motherfucker pay extra? Yeah, he ain't talking about the baby like that. But that baby was on the I've never been on a plane with a baby wilding like that. But I feel like after a while, my response was. Do we know how old the baby was? I think the baby was like a toddler. Maybe like two or three. Oh, no. Melatonin. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Drug that baby. Yeah, Get that baby no, some drugs. Melatonin. Just gonna one little Put that nigga to sleep So how I learned about melatonin Is because my cousin Neek She would give her son Kari melatonin Because she flies a lot for work mm. So she And Kari was probably like Two, three at the time mm-hmm. So she was just saying So he would at least sleep mm-hmm. If not the whole flight Half of the flight So how's thing? Kari How's Kari adapting With his addiction now? He doesn't really use I don't, She doesn't even use him anymore She's literally just using for work Oh that nigga just fall asleep huh? mm-hmm. He ain't woke up yet yeah, I no, just give him the sometimes, <laughs> but now I'm, a, you know, I kind of doubt that bad. Yeah, now I probably do it like once or twice a month. I ain't got no and kids. With, I ain't got no kids. But if I did, oh, they're gonna be rather someone out. Here, take that. Shut up. Yeah, but they just give me Hennessy when I was little. See, that's that West Side shit mm-hmm. we be talking about. Yeah, that's why. That, yeah. <laughs> 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 but they just give me a little. I take, I take me a little melatonin every now and then. No, I do too. I when can't I get with it. It make my hair hurt. Make your hair hurt. I got something for that though. I just smoke. Never mind. Fix that dinner. Eat some vegetables and I lay down. Fix that dinner. Cauliflower. Yeah, a little yeah. cauliflower. And I give just right. Go right to sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep like a baby. Like yeah. a baby. But yeah, no. Nah, my pops used to like when I was little at the cookouts and shit. I'd be running around. Hey, get boy, come here. Give me a little. Take a sip. I'd be sleeping at nigga feet. Ten minutes. Couldn't I, handle it. My dad gave me beer at his birthday cookout, and it was disgusting. Oh well, he shouldn't get no it beer. Was disgusting. You gotta be a certain age to drink beer. I don't think I really. I was probably nine. I like twenty two. I was probably nine or ten. Yeah, you had to have like a full chest of hell to drink beer. Yeah, and I was well, like, I drink I'm, beer. I was like, so. I'm not asking you for nothing yeah. else in your cup. Yeah, see, mm. you oh, drink beer. I do with a straw. I do. Such a lady. Mm. Such a lady. Look at you. Cause I'm a lady. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> this shit went so far they left. But yeah, nah. Really, you know, I think the solution is they should ship babies um, <laughs> on planes the way they do puppies. They put Miles. puppies in the undercarriage. If a puppy could ride down there, the baby can. You know the people in Europe be leaving their turn outside. See, they going to like public places, but and you the know them be outside in the stroller, like time, yeah, like so, a horse. So I actually saw that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he said like a horse, like a horse. <laughs> but they be part, they part that carriage or that stroller outside and go in the people restaurant and eat. And, and the turn, they look at the turn. Oh, they go eat and it's only oh, wash the baby. Yeah. Nah, but I was I just learned about this on TikTok, and it's crazy because that's just how their culture is. Like everybody's really big on protecting kids. Mm. So, like Tiff saying, like you'll go in the store. Like if your kids are staying out front in front of the store, no one's going to let them wander off. You come outside, your kid, and it's it's crazy because of the norm and what we live in. Mm-hmm. But for them, like it's like one big ass community. Like everybody, oh, like like valet. Yeah. Ballet for churn. Yeah, yeah like, ballet for your churn in the front. Yeah. yeah. But everybody, everybody, That's all right. everybody I, on the clock. I, I put that on in my notepad. Yeah, I've been born in the United movie. States of America. Yeah, like it's I've, not, I've never understood when kidnapping you, anyway. But Why when you, you kidnap when you study a, a lot of other cultures, you countries, you realize like America really on some bullshit. Yeah. Well, well, you know the issue here is that it's literally a melting pot of a bunch of different shit. So it looks that way, as opposed to in Europe, like most of those people have been in Europe their entire lives. Yeah. Like, so you saying so nobody I mean, bucking? Yeah, like this is is right. what it this is, is opposed to. Like, this is what we do. Yeah, like the just the minority and majority has been shifting in America, so it's oh hard God. to have America a standard. America has terrible PR. Yeah, like and we really like we really grew up thinking we that shit. Yeah, we did, and then we yeah. hear about other people and we just be like, girls, sit the. You fuck know who down. we are? We really are like that retarded nigga that can fight. We don't use the, we can't use the R word. Okay, I'll bleep that out. But we could fight. That's really all it is. It's like we could fight. We could fight. Like like we got hands. Yeah. We slow. Yeah, we a little. We go slow. to lunch a little early. We but. little. Yeah, we aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> we hot wings and chocolate milk for lunch every day. In every <laughs> every day, but we could fight. So you can't check us because we could box. Bro, I remember there was a nigga I went to elementary school with, and I ain't gonna say brand name. I'm still scared of nigga a little bit. But we would play football and like we would like pay, pick him up, bust him up, you know. So niggas who don't know, throw the ball down, nigga pick up the ball. You try to score, everybody trying to tackle you, right? Cuz could fight. So I remember one time he took the ball and said, "Anybody better not touch me." And that nigga walked down the field, scored. Period. And then he scored like he was on the runway. Yeah, no, nah, he did. <laughs> and the funny part about it was, you know, pick up a bust, but you keep going. So you score on one end. All right, cool. Bring your ass back down here until yeah. you get a ball. Oh, yeah. Damn, I forgot. Yeah. That nigga for the whole whole recess. Kids don't even play that no more. Whole we hour. Had a long field when we played at yeah. Mario Land. That was a whole lot of damn running. Oh, yeah. From one side to the other. That's how we learned how to play for. I think that's what's missing with these kids now. I remember playing in the streets. I remember running mm-hmm. in the streets. Yeah, no we, sh- played side, we played sideline bus. No so shoes. if you was like by like the, if you was by the side, like by the grass, we could mm-hmm. hit you. Because you're just going to fall on the little. But then what if they fell in the driveway? You always did. That's just. Yeah, yeah, we all had. I got a couple. Yeah, we all got. We all got. Yeah, we all got concussions. Outside with my cousin. Mm -hmm. Landon was playing with Linux a couple weeks ago and he fell. And I was just like, oh, there you go. You are initiated. (laughs) Boy scraped up both knees and one Mm -hmm. scrape on his elbow. I was like, you all right? Welcome. Yep. You know, it was Landon's fault. You know, I'm seeing Linux always. (laughs) So whatever whatever happened. Whatever the, it was his fault because I told what, him to stop doing what he was doing. Yeah, he see, did whatever he said, Landon did, he did shit. And also, I feel like Landon's at least 27 and you won't admit it. <laughs> he just don't want to pay taxes. Yeah, that's 
That's my baby. That's it. He's don't want to pay taxes and he don't want to pay for the insurance. <laughs> that boy's leeching off of y'all. Y'all don't even know it. Yeah, that boy's grown. Every time I see him, that's someone over there. I'm like, hey, what up? And he's growing so fast. I love it. I love that we have kids now. It's crazy to see in real time. Nah, nah, absolutely. Like the funniest thing to do, at, I, when I was um, in Atlanta a few weeks ago and I watched Jordan with his son, right? Just I watch, know that's funny. Bro, just watching Jordan and we all, we know, watching him. With a baby, it's the funniest shit. Ever. God really be giving anybody kids. Um, see, <laughs> see, that's not. <laughs> Sorry, Scrap. <laughs> you know, Scrap be listening. Scrap be listening. I can't wait I for mean, him. We're not, we're not saying. And I'm not shading that him. He's anybody because Jordan, Jordan's gonna be a great dad. He's already no, no, no. He's being a great dad. We got kids. No, that's that's true. And that's even true. outside of us, other people that have kids, it's like what the fuck. What you doing what with a child? What you what y'all be doing? What you be doing with that baby? You y'all be the store on accident? Yeah, you read. Do y'all read books to your baby? Like, what and it's funny because when you come a parent, you know, and people, I won't say they challenge your um, parenting, but some people be like, well, you don't know what you're doing with that baby. But then when other people have kids, you be like, I get it. G- give me that damn baby. Give me that damn. Mm-hmm. See, I would. That's what I would have did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be on the plane. Give me the damn baby. Yeah, give me the. I got it. You get a baby you damn cookie or something. See, I said just beat it. You want a little ring cookie? I said to beat it. I mean, I've got woke. Then the I mean, baby really gonna be hollering. Yeah, on the I mean, one time we were somewhere and Landon did something. I told Ma, you gonna beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ma was like, "Well, booby, you can't just always like yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm a popper. And you was mind. right. And you, you, he was right because what Landon did wasn't really ass whooping worthy. Yeah, I'm to but, the point now. I really don't even have to put hands on mine. She just get that look. Yeah, see, and she'll sit the fuck down. Yeah, see, with the quickness. It's one like, healthy mind. We'll, we'll hustle to sit down because mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's up with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. Scared of you. Shit, we scared of you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Shit, you give me a look now. I'm scared. Yeah, that bitches be scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the platform. <laughs> not the platform to promote violence. We don't do that here. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> it's the versatility. It's you know me. That's me. what it's all it's about. The versatility, man. everyone. Special man. So, Ebony K. Williams. Uh-oh. We up, we up to date on this? Let me roll up my sleeves. <laughs> roll the sleeves. I've been a big researcher. For those who, for those who aren't, um, Ebony K. Williams is a media personality. Um, I didn't know who she was, so she was with Pause. Uh, go ahead. She's a lawyer. A lawyer. Is she practicing law currently, or is she on a media? She could stop right now, but I do know she's on like CNN. But is um, she practicing law on CNN? She's not, but she's giving law facts. You know how they bring people in. What yeah. Tiffany's going to be doing soon yeah. for um, science and everything. I receive it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Um, also, she was, form- she was formerly on Revolt, um, Housewives in New York. Um, so I feel like she's a media personality. Yeah, so she kind of is a media personality. I mean, she's a lawyer. She's, yeah. you know, she, but she's a media. She's, yeah. she's doing more media she kinda, than. Yeah, at this she, point. She's in the media more than the courtroom. Yeah, because she's hosting whatever that show is, wow. Degree or now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he had to cut me up. <laughs> she, he, well, she's a lawyer. No, the fuck, she not. She passed the she bar. She's a lawyer. <laughs> she passed the bar a couple years ago. Leave that woman alone. I'm not even bothering her. Okay. All right, we're going to play the damn clip. She was on Ayana. Um, uh, is this still Ayana Fix My Life? She still do that? Nah, because them people want to beat her ass. So she's she, fixing them all lives. So she had a little boy talking in that hole. What was at the bottom of that hole? It was witchcraft. That was that really yeah. That's not turning. I felt weird watching it. Like, mm-mm. what was he saying in the hole? I don't know. I guess he was like affirmations a, or confessing something to the dirt. Well, was yeah. he supposed to put it in the dirt? Then it grows. And I baby, I don't know. Nothing. No, I think what he was supposed to be doing was like confessing his sins and then burying them. That that's that's not bad. No, that's some bullshit. It don't really fall, don't fall bullshit. for that. Don't no, it really is some bullshit. Don't be gullible. My bullshit. big ass ain't getting on. 
Yeah. Talking to hoes. Yeah. To the yeah. hoes. Y'all they, be talking to people like they're crazy. She said, you are a vile, nasty, gutter <laughs> snack. <laughs> <laughs> she, oh, fucking Jesus Christ. See, yeah, they, <laughs> they talk bad about my homeboy. What's my man? I forgot the nigga name that died. Oh, the Kevin Samuel? Yeah, they talk bad. He's the same thing. Ayana kept the same nigga. Now everybody seen it. Kevin was right about a lot of shit. I, I wasn't always against Kevin, but it was a lot of stuff that he did say that did make sense. And it was a lot of stuff that he said to men. I that think the, the media ran with whenever he had his situations with women. Right. Um, like when he told that girl, um, she like she a linebacker and she could run her. <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch the episodes of him getting on those men. Then we told that boy he was broke had a little dick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like he told him, so he said, so so you're broke. He said, you have a big dick? He's like, huh? Do you? Don't worry about it. You don't. You have- <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry about Next it. Caller. Yeah, you do not. Yeah, like, so I feel like it was, it was even. So. So real quick, man, we're gonna run through the uh, the clip with Ebony K and um and get into it. Would you date a bus driver? You would you date if he owns the bus? If he owns it. If he owns the bus, that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. Because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on the sofa playing video games all day. I'm not talking about that. But the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver if he was, if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I would date a bus Would you get? Yeah, boo, talk your shit. <laughs> he like that. That's a new one. He has a new one. So, tip question: Would you date a bus driver? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> All and right. that's my prerogative. Listen, sister, and y'all, I understand. Like, it's your prerogative to date whoever you want to date. She made this whole thing about character, and I get it. Mm-hmm. Commendable. But it's unfair because men take to social media to tell us all the time, I'd never date a scripper. I'd never date a sex worker. I'd never do this. Even when they go outside of their race and date White women. It's this long laundry list of why they're, you know, it's an excuse mm-hmm. and it ends up being something towards black women. So for me, if I'm, if I have a standard and I've decided to stick with that, that's my business. And I, that's, you know, I have that to do. Absolutely. So I think that that's the messed up part about it. Yeah, I understand that, you know, it should be a character thing and he's a man of integrity, but <laughs> I ain't got that to do. What what you was doing, Wyatt? Playing he was violin. playing the violin. Oh, and it's yeah. not it's not an attack on <clears throat> black men or you know, and to echo Ebony's point, when she says, you know, it was mediocre, it really meant average, regular day to day, you know, that's not the path that she's on. Right. That's not something that she aspires to do. I understand. Right. And and when you talked about the mediocre part, that was in reference to the Breakfast Club interview, correct? Right. And the thing is, <clears throat> she even provided context by and gave them what those words meant. I think they ran with the negative connotation because they've probably been called mediocre or average and they turned it internally. But it's it's ordinary. It's regular. It's common. I felt like that the Breakfast Club interview with horrible decisions and shot the reason man, I think that's an amazing show. What to do? I didn't realize they're like the same age as us. I didn't. I don't know why I thought they were so much older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weezy and Mandy that are from that on the uh, interview as well. Who's Weezy and Mandy? The two women that were there. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't know they were saying. Maybe oh, okay. Cool. So I thought that was. Okay. But anyway, um, uh, maybe lose my damn train of thought. <laughs> like, who, who said that? <laughs> yeah, but I felt like that was the wrong room to have it because, again, when I listened to it, I actually was listening and trying to hear at what point did she say something wrong. But I felt like they walked into that room. Yeah. It did. Wanting to kind of Especially humble Envy. Her. I did yeah, not yeah, like Envy. Envy, Envy, wanted to humble yeah, Envy her. came in. And, and, and he's he, the wrong person. Exactly. Yeah. And when she started to speak, mm-hmm. like to say something like, I gave you 20 minutes to speak. You invited her here to do an interview. That's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to do, don't Right, right. And then when she started to make her points, he sat there and pouted the entire time like a child. Mm-hmm. And her points were so valid. She cleared them all, especially yeah. when she started providing like definitions for the words that she was using. Yeah, at, yeah. at the end, it was she just she let the chopper sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and and that was my main thing because again, I went into it fully expecting to hear some wild shit being said, mm-hmm. like I did, and and I was like, all right, well, what she said, I was wrong. Like number one is like you say, it's preference. Yeah. The same way a lot of men say, you know, I ain't dating no stripper, I ain't dating no sex worker, I'm not going to date X, Y. And I don't so. want no woman with no kids. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah like these, we see this every these day. Are, yeah, these are preferences, you know. Shit, she ain't lady, she ain't two eighty. I bet you like big girls, cool. Like if that's what you into, it's nothing wrong with that. Date what you date. Like I think a lot of shit is we're just mind your damn business. Like yeah, they like standards are standards. Yours are yours, mine. Are mind like if my standards say i can only date someone who is x y and z Mm -hmm. that's me let me chase that you know what i mean and if you know what i do yields to me to attract that type of woman then cool but if not you know what i mean either way you know that's my business to chase what i want to chase whether you want to date white women red women blue it don't matter you know what i mean it's all preference so for me i felt like they went into it Looking to attack, I felt like social media attached themselves to the Breakfast Club. Just because nobody, yeah. re- nobody really listens to the whole thing. Nobody no. listens. I, to the I, whole I sat there and watched the entire like I, I didn't see me, the Yanni interview, well. but I watched the entire Breakfast Club interview. Like yeah. I sat there, and just, I was waiting. And the crazy I, yeah. thing about the Yana interview because I watched it this morning. That clip that you played, that's mm-hmm. literally all she said. She yeah. said nothing else about it. Yana gave us. Long mm-hmm. definition about X, Y, Z, and why you should do this, and I'm just like, you can't tell people what, what? they want to do. Exactly. And a, and after Yana finished, she was just like, you know what? You provided, you know, like reasoning, like everything. I completely get. I completely understand. That's literally all she said. Yana brought it back up mm-hmm. at the end of the show. She didn't. She didn't say anything else about it. So I'm. I was really looking just morning, like, what? What did I miss? Yeah, I think it's just this global desire that people have to humble black women and to make it seem like you're asking for too much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's coming from the same people. Pick better men. Mm-hmm. So it's like, which one is it? And I think the, the criteria changes. Everybody understands preferences until they're not preferred. Mm-hmm. So now you offend it because yeah. I don't want you. Right. And you feel like you're average. But on social media... You're not average. So if it does, you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. like pick, and, pick who you are. Yeah. Because if you aren't average, why are you offended? Right. And then something else, which I know we always, three of us, we always make this comment. White people are not the standard. Right. I'm going to say that. Yeah. However, if a white woman mm-hmm. got on there and said the same thing, 
I guarantee Because white women say all the time You'd be understood oh, no. We marry uh uh-uh. Marry rich I marry yeah. rich Marry yeah. up My mm-hmm. parents yeah. My parents taught me Right I better marry rich My dad said if They better be able to do this and other Like I've always heard that And I never took offense Because I'm just like I mean that's, that's just what they want to do I know I, When I went to Georgia Southern I remember um, You know one of Actually one of my white friends In Georgia Southern They have many Maybe two <laughs> And uh, so he So he gonna know what I'm talking to but I remember he told me, say, you know, like they teach white girls, like they go to college to meet their husbands. Yeah, like not to finish school, not to graduate. Like, no, I'm here to what, what's what's your major? What exactly? You, you the quarterback? Oh, bet. Latch on to you, and I'm go- I'm done. Dropping out, we're gonna raise these kids, and we good. You know what I mean? But that's not the standard. Number one is black people. That can never be our standard. No, you know, we we not never, but that's just not a place that we're currently in. It's gonna be a long time before we get there. Um, I don't even know if we want to be in that space. Um, but you know, the thing about it is again, that's their standard, how they move and it's accepted by them. For some reason, I feel like us as a whole, we feel the need to be accepted by everybody. Like whatever we say, whatever we think, our opinions, our preferences, they have to be accepted. And if you don't like it, it's this big argument instead of saying, okay, cool. You don't like it. That's your business. Like if you, if I don't find you attractive, I don't find you attractive. And that's okay. And that's yeah, okay. somebody does. I hate so from the whole Ebony K. Williams thing, the hate the thing that I hate the most that came from it is how black men internalized it and made what she said an attack on black men. Mm-hmm. And then tried to weaponize her being involved with someone white mm-hmm. and tried to make it seem like because she decided to be engaged or date someone white that her points were no longer valid. Mm-hmm. I get where we are trying to go with that, but the car ran out of gas. <laughs> so and it's, I, I hate that, and I love black men, but I hate when y'all, and not y'all, but just generally, when right. there's like just this this internalized hatred for women. You know what I mean? It's just like beyond like patriarchy and all the stuff that, that comes with it. Nobody was intelligent enough to sit and say, you know what? She does have a right to choose mm-hmm. what she wants to, you know, yeah. who she wants to be with. Listen, if a woman is making thirty or three hundred thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. she has a say so mm-hmm. in who she decides to entertain. See, yeah. the thing is, I don't think men appreciate women having that type of autonomy. Right. Deciding who I want to deal with. Because the expectation is I should just deal with any of you niggas because that's all I can get. Mm-hmm. I'll take the best thing. And I think oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't Anybody got time for that? Fuck yeah. y'all. And I was just, I was just gonna add, even in the um Ayana interview. She stay, She told Ayana, "I've dated across the board. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've tried them. I've dated them all out. However, she's, she's basically saying I've dated across the board. Tried them all out. It's the same with everybody. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it as a, as a difference. So she even said that in the mm-hmm. interview. As not saying like I just want this. Yeah, and I think you know also when I when I look at just as a whole the landscape, we see it across the board with any men, women, whatever. Where oh he dating her? That's what he ended up with." You know, like why, why that? Or she, she fucking with that nigga. You know what I mean? Like we hear it so often, and it's not. And again, is well, how, yeah, how, how she get with him? What yeah. she got? Yeah, yeah, what she got? Yeah. Women, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's so, it's so, it's, it's, it's the attack on both sides. And to Tiffany's point, like you have a choice. You know, you're taking that choice away from somebody because you setting the standard at one you don't even meet. You know what I mean? The thing you see this woman who's making three hundred k and saying, oh well. You know what I mean? Why she don't want to date me? And she says, "I want a man that's doing what I'm doing." She has the right to say and that. And you don't, and you don't know what the the end goal may be. She may want someone that can, and I'm just hypothetically speaking, that right. want to match 
the salary because she wants to do real estate investment mm-hmm. or they want to do this. So she, yeah. if if we're already here, like these are some of the goals and aspirations that I have. Are you interested in that? Mm-hmm. It's easier versus her somebody that may not have that and she may not want to go through that whole mm-hmm. the rules. Yeah, the rules. And that's why I said it's fake outrage. Yeah. It's fake outrage. I mean Be better you, men. And then now that she's actually making it plain that she wants something better. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's a problem. And to be honest to me, when I watch it, it's all entertainment. I can tell they'd all had this conversation before. She said, "Me, a few Charlotte, me and you talked about this shit. Like you know, if you notice, like at the beginning in the interview, he was kind of playing toward Envy's side until it went a little far left. Yeah, yeah. and then he was like, yeah, then he was, yeah. and then Charlotte was like, whoa, 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 let's just you know stay this. And he asked like certain questions, but there are leading questions to get her to say something that will have everybody else respond, mm-hmm. and then it'd be this whole back and forth. So and that's why Breakfast Club is known to do. Yeah, and that's why I say so. I take it all with a grain of salt because you know it is what it is. Like they just doing this shit, so we sit there and watch it. You know what yeah. I mean? I do feel like Envy felt, you know, what he felt. Oh, he felt. Yeah, you know. And, and she, it's crazy because you're not a bus driver. So what exactly are you upset about? And, you know, he, and he said not, he was representing the middle class. And I'm like, sir, you are not the middle class. You ain't middle you're class not monogamous. <laughs> and you're not monogamous. You know what and I mean? Now, and, now, and Envy just got into a heated debate with Killer Mike because Killer Mike told Envy on The Breakfast Club that he acts like because his kids go to private school, then they're better than public school kids. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge argument that him and Killer Mike had. And Killer Mike was like, I still send my kids to public school to charter school. And he was like, well, no, nah, I just want to. And he was like, cool, but how you're saying it, you're making it seem like my kids, they go to regular school. So that's why I was just like, if he has all this energy, well, he's had a lot of exchanges on the things that he does. Yeah. And it really be the energy for black women. I don't know if people I just didn't recognize like it. It. Yeah. it was just so the way he just got so inflamed mm-hmm. about her having a preference. Now, one thing I will ask um, that came from the Breakfast Club interview on you guys' um, opinions is going to be: I like that what she was saying was after she broke down every definition of average and mediocre, mm-hmm. she made the comments around you know as black as in the black community, we're always talking about you know wanting to be ahead. Um, to get out where we are doing all of this. And she stated, black people are lowest in home ownership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're lowest with um, salaries, um, mm-hmm. median households, like all of these statistics. And like she was saying, I'm not knocking anyone, the service workers or the average job. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is, what are we going to do to shift this narrative and to get more money within those households? Right. Which to me, I think is a good question because no one's knocking all of that. And then me and Elle were talking about this, this is certain professions for me just that I've experienced and I saw my family do and, and I'll put it out there because it's not no Ebony K. Williams on um, BS, but like I was explaining to Eb, like <clears throat> a lot of people don't know like my mom was a janitor mm-hmm. when I was younger. Like my mm-hmm. mom was a janitor in elementary school and then she got recruited from being a janitor to work in the prime time. My mom will go clean doctor's office. Y'all know Tiff knows that like, she's a housekeeper. Y'all mm-hmm. done all that. I've cleaned people's houses with my mom. Like I've done all of that stuff. So as an adult, mm-hmm. I really I'm not a big fan of black people running to clean. Right. Just because I'm like, I understand that, but there are a whole lot more resources out here. Or if you want to do it, start you a business. But then just how can you level up from it? Because just full transparency, it's one of those things where you don't realize until you become an adult. I grew up low income household, but I did not really know how low income we were until I became an adult. Yeah. And I look at stuff now and I'm like, how the fuck is my mama making this this what she was making? Yeah. yeah. Daddy wasn't doing shit. Yeah. And we still had this, that, this, yeah. that, this, mm-hmm. that, and the third. So growing up in that and where I am now in life, I just look at it from a different perspective, a, a different perspective of I'm not knocking anyone, 
But if you would experience what I experienced and doing all that, once you get older, you just say, I want better for everyone. Yeah. And how do we, how do how does our generation shift that with everyone wanting better? Because you all see it, mm-hmm. especially here in our hometown. I think yeah. it's based on experience. Like, but a lot then, of but people, how do but how do you do it without people getting offended? Because time you try to go back to family, especially you, you you got all the degrees, you got everything. You come back to family. And you can just try to give suggestions on stuff to help out. Mm-hmm. And they're going to not take it the right way. So, oh, you, right. you think you this, you think you that. Right. And I think, like, that's the difference between looking at someone that sees, like, a $60 million ceiling and somebody yeah. that's okay with a $60,000 ceiling. Right. And I think that's what separates us, you know, all. And it's unfortunate because for a lot of our parents and our grandparents, their idea is, well, you're doing better than I did. And people are okay with that. That's enough for some people. But I think when you go certain places and you're around people and you're in the room with people that's making $350,000 a year and for, you know, half a mil, the conversations are different. And that's not to shade anybody yeah, that yeah. has, you know, their regular nine to five job, whether you're a janitor, whether you, you know, work in financial aid, whether you sit behind a desk, that's not to shade them. But the perspective is different because you actually start to see people that may or may not look like you earning three times, four times as much. A lot of people don't have... A lot of people don't... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't have those type of experiences. So I think it that's that's the part that changes the, the entire conversation because it's like, how do I get you to understand where I'm coming from unless I take you with me? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But see, we don't and I just want to know how do we... Because like to everyone listening, just leading with, everybody doesn't want to be a millionaire. That's no. completely fine. Everybody doesn't want to run out the bag, have all the, you know, some people are just, you know, okay with that. And there is nothing wrong with that. But if we're going to complain about where black culture is and black community is as a whole, what are we doing that's that can be put in place? Because that's the only way it's going to change. If you have those conversations, and like you said, I can speak from even once I moved to Charlotte and some of the like hanging out with like Curtis and Wit, Wiggs has his own invention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he legit went to China, has his own invention. Like, I never met nobody doing anything. Yeah, shout out to the Shout out to the Battery Exchange. Can we get a Battery Exchange a little, a little horn? <laughs> but it was like for me, like just growing up, like having conversations and like just meeting people, and that's why I made a post earlier, just like talking about like salaries and stuff like that, because. I can say when I was here, I wasn't really thinking. Like, I was like, oh, okay, no, you can get to like 60 mm-hmm. and like you good. Nothing's wrong with it because we know right. how clickbait season is. Yeah. But once you get exposed, and it's really a thing like Michelle Obama said. Yeah. It's when you get around people yeah. that's making 150 and you like, hold on, nigga, you making 150 dollars I know you. Right. And in the words of the great Nene Leaks, you are not smart. <laughs> <laughs> you are not smart. Yeah. So I'm like, if this nigga doing this shit and this man, fuck this, I'm like, yeah. I might get on my shit. I think bro. you know, and I think honestly, especially in the culture, when we talk about our hometown of Savannah, right? Like, there's a certain mindset of just wanting to be the man, right? Wanting yeah. to be the top dog, and not understanding there's a ceiling to that in a lot of situations. So if I make the most money in my circle, I feel like I won. Yeah, and I'm mm-hmm. not understanding. I'm one limiting myself. I'm also limiting the people around me because I'm not pushing them to be great. I have kids. My kids see. Okay, cool. Well, daddy, you know what I mean? He he was a top dog. You no, know, he you know did his friends defer to him and you know all these things and he was such and such, but then you realize, oh, Pops was only making, you know, Pops died making fifty K a year. Yeah. 
and like, well, damn, how the hell we even survive? We living like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, it's, it's, every it's day a, I try to figure that shit out. Yeah, it's a hard number to fathom, you know. So for me, I think as a culture and as a people, we're not at a position yet where there's a foundation of mediocrity or greatness, right? Like we're we don't all trying to make it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're in, in this is in twenty twenty three that we're still just all trying to make it, right? So there's a lot of other cultures. You know, we talk about you know even like well. You know, white people, like there's a lot of situations where, you know, well, my dad was a financial planner. Mm-hmm. You know, my granddad did this. My, own, You know, everybody does. So all I have to do is go to school. Yeah. I'm yeah. a grow school graduate just to say it. Braden you Weston. Know what I mean? Yeah, literally it's Braden Weston's nepotism at its finest. Like, I'm just going to come in, you know, I just have to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and I'm into the family business. And there's a family business. Like, how many family businesses do we know of? That are real, you know what I mean? Like real we, deal, I, legit I can't like name that. too many. You know yeah. what I mean? How many people? How many people I know that have literally a genuine family business? This is funeral, what we do. Funeral homes. Funeral homes, and that's it. That's, it. that's all I really know of is funeral homes. You know what I mean? Like niggas n- die every day, baby. Niggas, <laughs> niggas die every day, baby. Now they're, you know, it's not they're not them. They're doing extremely well, right? But Especially it's a, but it's a really good structure, exactly. and all of the black funeral homes in Savannah are doing really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're all doing well. And they're all bringing their family in and they're training and teaching. And that's how yeah. what you're talking about, that's how that that's how that begins to happen. Exactly. And I think like I think it's a space to understand both things. I think it's a space for us to understand that white people have like a four hundred plus year head start. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's also the space for us to want better for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not us shading anybody. Mm-hmm. We just want better. Yeah. You know, because when you see your mama making it off of thirty two thousand dollars 37 you get them saying thousand dollars a year you trying to figure out how the hell because we, we was having cookouts <laughs> good time big christmases and shit right like <laughs> and the math don't make sense yeah so it's no shade to anybody if someone says you know i love that for you but i want better yeah that's ab- no shade yeah, that's just ab- preference. yeah absolutely i think that just and like you said it's that gap that we're, we're constantly battling we're the first generation that Honestly, and, and I hope this doesn't sound weird, but we're almost the first generation that wants more. Mm-hmm. Like the first generation that here is 70, 80, 90K a year. I need more than that because mm-hmm. I want to do this and I want this for my kids. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, again, it's not a knot because I understand there are structures set up where our parents, you know, could they were limited in mm-hmm. what they could do. And our grandparents were, I mean, I speak about it all the time. My aunts and uncles integrated a school. Yeah. Like they integrated Bradwell. So if they were the first black students at a school, they're already limited. Just if they grew up in a generation that they're integrating a, a, mm-hmm. a school, of course it's going to be tough. You know, my mom was one of the first, I think it's the first 300 students to graduate from Georgia Southern. Black students graduated. She graduated in 98. Jesus. Like, think about this. Like, this is recent. She started in the 80s, came back, graduated mm-hmm. in 98, was still in the first 300 black students to graduate from Georgia Southern. I think it's three or five, one or two. But either, either way, you know, Georgia Southern's been around since 1906. So in that time span, only five hundred shut up. Only five hundred. Beat it, toots. But nah. <laughs> but nah, like it's you know what I mean? So even when you look at it like that, like that's some recent history. Like that's some recent shit. So we're just constantly battling that. And at some point, us as we have to accept the fact that we're in that battle mm-hmm. and accept the fact that this is what's going to take them one more. We can't compare ourselves to what they're doing because we're not at that point. We just not. No. And it's set up for us not to be, you know, I remember when um, the last time Tiff came on and we were talking about systems and I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, there's systems of patriarchy and all that thing, but black men didn't set that shit up. We were never in a position to create a system. 
we fell into a system and then we all as a people subscribe to it, but we didn't build that shit. We ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, we just saw, okay, this is what white men do. You know, so in our home, this is what we going to do. But mm. We ain't know no better. Like, it was set up already. It doesn't make it right or wrong, but we didn't necessarily create that. We just kind of subscribed to it. So for us, I feel like, you know, again, and I don't know how. I said it before when we were on the podcast, you know, before I said, I don't know how yeah. we do that. I don't know how we set that standard because we all got different opinions. We all are trying to make it. We all are trying to eat at the end of the day. You know, um, but at some point, the mindset has to go from mm-hmm. just wanting to eat to we want to win. And we want to win. That's when conversations like that, it wouldn't happen with MDK Williams, doesn't even, we wouldn't talk about that shit no more. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like, just I want to eat. I want my grandkids and my great everyone. grandkids. Exactly. And I think it's important what Tiff was just saying. We will have to continue to do the work we're doing and we're going to make sure we have, we pour that into our kids. Yeah. So it's kind of like you got to create your own army. Mm-hmm. At this point, and it's like okay, cool. More like all of the newer generations are are coming along with that because mm-hmm. trying to fight against your older family members and everything is it's draining. Yeah, it's all, and nobody has time for that. Mm-hmm. So I just think we just we just have to continue to one do what we do, um, be open about those things. Um, you know, just let people know it's more out there. Um, encourage, don't push too much. Me and Tiffany just talked about earlier how you know we we get a new little thing now we want everybody to stop doing. Everybody get on board. Come yeah, on, so come on, get on board. So. We still working on that, but still try to but drag the ones you feel like you need to drag a mm-hmm. little bit to, to get there. And I think hopefully, ultimately, that will create some sort of change. But yeah. we could just speak from where we are now with that. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, I just had a birthday go by. Ma's, hey. got, a birth- Ma's got a birthday coming up. We'll do it. a little bit of both. Let's turn it up, check. That's why I took that shit off. <laughs> too. But um, but one point that you made to me, I discussed it with Locke, mm-hmm. um, but I also want to you know discuss it with you and Tiffany. Um, was that shift in the birthdays right? Like yeah. I know there's a sec- there was a question that I think you asked it on Facebook, and it was like they saying they're saying that black men was it black men? Yeah, that black men, men gener- don't. So don't celebrate the birthdays. Yeah, we don't celebrate birthdays. You were asking like why? Yeah. And when you asked you you asked, is it true? And I said, Yes. Got you. And then, you know, and then kind of conversation went from there and you asked why. I'm like, well, you know, for a lot of us, you know, A, I know for me personally, you know, just the friends that I had yeah. who didn't make it to a certain age, there yeah. was a survivor's guilt of, mm-hmm. you know, how did I even make it here? So I spent more time kind of thinking about them. Yeah. You know, than anything. I mean, hell, we're recording today. And technically, this is the day, you know, the Keenan died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just looking at that, like, and, and those are constant reminders throughout the year that you get. Um, so for me, it's more of a, so it was more of a survivor's remorse of, damn, like, what made me so special that I made it? Not made it as in success or whatever, made it as in I'm just alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I woke up. So that would be kind of the thought process on it. And two, you know, we also grew up in a, you know, we talked about our parents and all that, where, you know, we kind of just took what we got. Yeah. You know what I mean? We we didn't have, you know, what you want for your birthday. You know, now it's, oh, shit, I don't know. Because yeah. as a kid, it was whatever I got for my yeah, birthday. You, got. you know, yeah. oh, shit, I got a bike. Oh, bad. This is a great fucking birthday. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would have never asked for that. You know, I yeah. just, you know, what, 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 whatever you get me. All and, right, that's cool. Yeah, you don't understand that as a kid, basically what you're saying, well, whatever we can afford. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's you really know what I mean? That's really what you were saying. Like, what we can afford. So those are my answers. But for y'all, like, where... Where's your thought process on it? I know you celebrate, you know, Listen, your birthday every damn down. year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every damn year. But, but for me, just like you said, my, my upbringing, my dad is a party guy. Mm-hmm. My dad has 
always thrown huge cookouts or parties for his birthday. Like when we were talking about the beer reference earlier, I remember being at my dad's birthday cookout and um, you guys know how Liberty City is. Mm -hmm. And my dad's, well, his mom's house is all the way at the end of the street and there were cars like in the middle of the street, like all the way across Liberty Parkway. So like, Mm -hmm. this is what I grew up seeing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's your birthday. Even like now, my dad will be 63 and even now, like if, if you ask him, I think last year, so what's doing for your birthday? He was like, nah, man, I'm just chilling, so and so and so and so. Man, he ended up cooking out, <laughs> doing this, going, doing. I'm like, you just told me. So, like, that's literally all I know. And the funny thing with that is, um, out of my siblings, out of the six of us, um, Vaughn doesn't really celebrate his birthday. But me, my sister Ashley, we're extremely similar. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because y'all know me and my siblings are really getting closer now. Right. But it, it and it's funny. I'm like a lot of we have so much similarities mm-hmm. because for her birthday, she is from West Savannah. My girl though, she throws a block party Period. and she invited mm-hmm. me and I was like, okay, cool. It was at least 150 people out there. Yeah. And I'm just like, she come out the house like, what's up? Like it's, it's my <laughs> birthday. You know, you know what time it is? We partying. My yeah. brother Tony's the same way. Like he th- he throwing parties for his birthday. So like I think that's because of what we grew up seeing. Right. Um. And, but then I also think, because um, with the comment around people and celebrating their birthdays, I think a lot of that is you have to set the standard for what your birthday, what you want Nobody's your birthday to be. Nobody's going to take it yeah. serious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have to take it serious. Because yeah. you can say, oh, I really want to do something for my birthday. But if you don't plan anything. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, let me know. I'm yeah. only going to keep. Hey, what's going for birthday? Yeah, because the standard is standard like you said for your dad, right? You want to yeah. ask pops, like, oh, what you doing for Because you're used to it being the thing. Exactly. So, yo, what you doing this so year? Because I know you, yeah. You got to do something. Even my yeah. chill years, it's, it's chill. But right. it's still something. something. Which yeah. to some people may be like, oh, that's a lot. I'm like, well, I'm just, yeah. I'm just chilling. Because last year was considered a chill year for your birthday. And that was a good ass time. Great time. Oh, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, you see, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think about it. Yeah, what do we do? Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, it's a ball. A ball. Nobody does a brunch like we do. <laughs> brunch all like, as a woman, though, y'all are always celebrated. Yeah, like even I remember my birthday parties compared to my boy cousin's birthday party. Yeah. You know, everybody was coming to our parties. There were gift bags. There was a whole gift table. Cousins was probably getting some little Ninja Turtle cupcakes at the school. And I think, like, just throughout time, men just aren't really taught to celebrate themselves. Mm. I think the focus is just so much on what are you doing for other people. Yeah. That men just along the way don't learn how to celebrate themselves. Yeah. So when you find, you get what I'm saying? And it's crazy because you can start dating a guy and you start tricking off on him. And he's just like, oh, this is, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you done touched the inner child because yeah. he's he's always felt forgotten about. I remember. That I, was me. I, <laughs> nah, yeah, me too. It's funny. I read something a while ago and it was like, as an adult, like your love language or whatever you didn't get as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever it is. I know somebody's acts of service because everybody yeah. just, everybody failed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gave me shit. <laughs> they just laughed at me and nobody gave me I, nothing. Now right. look. And knowing that, like, that makes me want to celebrate my male friends more, though. Yeah. You know, because like you can ask a dude, "What you want? What you you know? What you trying to do for your birthday?" Oh man, you know, probably do this, and it's some mediocre ass. Yeah, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm saying the crazy thing is, I'll go crazy birthday stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what I want for my birthday. So, yeah. and I, I said that's the balance. So it's also you don't give anybody something that they do not want for their birthday. Right. I had to learn that because you don't want to give them not too much dip on your chip, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but you know, like meeting in the middle. Like just doing something thoughtful because you can really tell in a person's response how they feel about their birthday. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing for my birthday, man. Because then it's on top of that, like 
men, we know y'all internalize everything. So it's like mm-hmm. bills still going to be due around your birthday. Mm-hmm. You may or may not have kids and you got to provide for them. And so you're thinking about all of this stuff. You kind of been taught to forget about yourself along yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. So you ain't thinking about your birthday <laughs> yeah, for yeah, real, absolutely. for real. Yeah. So, ladies, thank if you're you, listening, Dr. Mackey, for putting us on your couch. Yeah, today. thank you. We Trick. appreciate that. We needed that. Thank Trick. you. I hope y'all, hope y'all were listening. <laughs> Trick. Make Trick. sure he's tricking back now because it's mutual. Yeah. But that's very fair. Very fair. Please treat your woman because somebody else will if you don't. Hello. Talk to How him. you doing? Mm. Treat me like a treat me. I'm not your super. I'm not the kind of girl you can let down and think that everything's okay. Boy, I am only human. Human. Oh, all right. All right. I really like that. Song. Seen that shit like you meant it. This was singing. She saying that thing down. Mm-hmm. So we gonna get into some real, a real quick, um, real quick little segment here. Um, Jerry Springer recently died. We got that. We at my. So, and I didn't realize black folks was gonna be that affected when Jerry died. But we were. We grew up with Jerry. We, we messy so because messy. Yeah. we messy as hell. We used to sit around and watch Jerry be messy. So yeah. we kind of like learned it. On top of your messy ass grandma, yeah. <laughs> really, you know, you got a crash course because then we learned white people mess. Oh, they so Jerry, messy. Ricky Lake, Sally with them big ass glasses. Jenny, come Jenny. on, Jenny. Yeah, we grew right. up more mess. Maury, yeah. Maury's so messy. Maury, Maury is still messy. Still, still messy. So, so like, we just learned to be messy. Jerry and, and Steve was the bodyguard. Yeah. yeah, and then Steve, Steve got his own show. Yeah, Steve went being messy he, too with the mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Doctor Phil, messy, loves the mess. Yeah, he ain't even a doctor. He Crazy. Just, uh, he not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Not for real, for real. So they just throw her on doctors. Child, Oprah say you. If Oprah say you a doctor, you a doctor. That's how that went. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, my favorite part about Jerry Springer used to be like the questions from the crowd. This is for the big whale in the back in the blue. The crowd used to be yeah, with the shit. This is for that big little Mess. bastard in the red shirt. Mess. I just wanted to know what the hell. <laughs> because they used to do the courses and have everybody lined up like a class picture. <laughs> everybody on the stage at the same Listen, time. like, you really got to think about. How Jerry used to used to run the show. So your sister didn't know that you were sleeping with her baby daddy. Well, she knows now. Yeah, she she knows. Come out of my Like it really used to be some. It's mess. a messy ass shit. That like, was quality. I, high quality. But see, mess. It, it was high quality mess in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, because we don't know how the the production team and how it was structured, but right. it was messy. But it was like really good quality, kind of like reality TV. High quality. It mess. was just like natural mess. Then it just became every episode was messiness. I used to like episodes with the KKK. <laughs> Those are my episodes. They were racist as shit. They meant that shit with their chest. Yeah, yeah. They said all that shit with their chest back. So, just wanted to ask, what celebrity death affected y'all the most? Uh, it's a tie think, between Michael and Whitney. I think Whitney. Whitney. I I would say Whitney because it affected me. Where was I? I was getting ready to go to Texas Roadhouse. Me, Sean, and Jamal. Of course. We're getting ready. It was a, yeah, we're getting ready to go to Texas Roadhouse. But I think it affected me because I'm learning so much about her now with all these documentaries and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm still sad. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I don't say you forget about people when they die. But sometimes, you know, people die, oh, you know, you're sad about it. Then it's like, you know, you can smile, you remember their life. Yeah. 
Every time I watch a Whitney Houston documentary, I'm like, damn, ain't nobody a help. Yeah, ain't nobody a help. Though. Well, you know, at first we all thought it was Bobby. Exactly. And I think that that's how so much was Short how we missed so much. Yeah. yeah. Because the people I know from Jersey was just like, oh no, Whitney been about that. Mm-hmm. Like she's been like the life of the party, and you know, lived the double life like many of us that grew up in church. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Like Whitney and Robin, King, queens and kings of the turn up, and then I go sing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's but, got time for the club. You got time for church. Yeah, That's what Mama said. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna change my answer though. I think it was DMX. DMX really that was, yeah. hurt my feelings. And I think just because D- he was a rapper, but he was such a lovable person. You get what I'm saying? He was like a, I think, I think he was a disciple. Yeah. Honestly. The way, and it was like, the way, if you go back and watch his old interviews, like just the way he could relate to people and talk yeah. to people. And it was always like this common ground he found with people. Like they had X on the, on the radio singing Jingle Bells. Yeah. Dashing through the stuff. Like he was turned. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like he just left that kind of memory with people. And I think and, that, that was. And he was, he was doing that. And that was because my answers were, my answer was kind of double. Well, it was a tie. You know, it was DMX and then Kobe. You know, because those two were the two yeah. I know I was actually emotionally affected by. I yeah. remember yeah. we were recording when we found out about DMX. And you can hear the whole shift of the podcast change. Like, yeah. this episode, we were actually recording and found yeah. out he had passed. When we found he was in critical condition, we didn't find he actually passed that next yeah. morning. Um, but it was the same concept, you know, of just, he was doing well. We knew about the prior addiction. He was doing well. Um, and honestly for me, what really showed me how much it affected me was the Kanye song, um, life of the party mm. at the tail end. There's a clip. It's a clip of DMX. He's on a roller coaster with his daughter mm-hmm. and you hear her scream and scream and it's DMX and you hear him. He yelling you the same DMX. Daddy's got you. Daddy's mm-hmm. got you. And then she stopped. He's like, you did it. You did it. Like I'm always going to be here. Blah, blah. And it's like, yo, damn. Like, yeah. because we know DMX is DMX. Like, yeah. it's that we, same. Yeah. And see all of his craziness at that time. We didn't even know why DMX was the way that he was. And that somebody had introduced him to drugs when he was a small child. Mm-hmm. So all we know mentor. is, you know, and yeah. it's like, all we knew was that that he was crazy and that he had a drug habit but then like when you start to see these celebrities like for who they are yeah. I think that's why his his death affected me the way that it did I was sad he was just so relatable and he would be like everywhere like right. around when he was after he passed you saw these videos and it was crazy it was a video of him somebody's house in LA but it was like him um, Leandria Johnson um, a couple of them. He was everywhere. And they were in the house singing gospel and he's he, everybody he, home he's singing with yeah. him in the house mm-hmm. just like just kicking it so yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, so that's why X kind of, you know, celebrity, you know, death's so weird. Like, I remember when Kobe passed, and I was legitimately, like, sad, like, yeah. really sad about this shit. And I remember my, uh, my pops was like, the fuck wrong with you? And I was like, you ain't heard Kobe die? I said, yeah, well, nigga, what did I do with you? I think because our lives were like, we grew up in this time frame where it was like our lives were enmeshed with what was going on, the music and the culture, but not to the extent that it is now with social media. So we knew them from like these superhero spaces. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to celebrities, we know all they damn business. Most of the stuff we knew about celebrities when we were kids was like word of mouth, but nobody really confirmed unless the artist said it themselves. So we saw them as like these big figure people, Mm -hmm. which is probably why like a lot of the times when we're 
when people our age or folks start to find out that celebrities are also horrible people too, they they don't know how to deal with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they've always said, I remember they would talk about um, Michael Jordan all the time and say, you know, he's really an asshole. And it's like I can see meet, that. They said you I meet him. It. Yeah, they said if you meet him in person, like, you're like, oh, no, nah, he really he really an asshole. Ain't no nigga wearing jeans that big. No, nah, asshole. Because nah, nah, nah. he don't care about shit. Not a guy. Because he don't care about himself. Neither do those jeans. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> with boots. Jail, jail pants. With boots. <laughs> with boots. With boots. Shined up too. You can shine the fucking boots up. Um, so one thing I wanted to close out with, um, right now, when I think about May, May kind of kicks off that Mother's Day season, right? For me, it's a little different because Mother's Day comes, my mom's birthday, she in my pocket all damn month. Mm. Um, so one thing that I, we want to get into is just three things. Um, it's going to be from each person. Um, you learn from your mom, your grandmother, and your dad. All right, I'll start. Uh, with my mom, I learned um, just the importance of hard work. Mm-hmm. Keep God first, and the importance of hard work is what I learned from my mom. From my grandma, um, she always told me, Bubba, treat everybody nice, and she always told me to always lock the door. When you come in, I for <laughs> somebody to come in here and slap us Slap over. you over. Yes, <laughs> Such a sweet lady. <laughs> and from my dad, my dad taught me that um, after you go out with a girl, if you take her on a date, um, you should drive her across the Talmadge Bridge, and if she lets you put a finger in her mouth, <laughs> you should uh, go ahead and push that head down. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good advice. Liberty City Hutch. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mayor of West Savannah himself. Hey, Stephen always thought I was lying about that. And when nah. Stephen met my dad, I was like, hey, you remember? He's like, yeah. I ain't told you. He's like, yeah. That's how you test him. He said, if you let, she let you swab them out, mm-hmm. push that head down. <laughs> she oh, ready. Lord have mercy. She ready. She ready. I'm just like, that's you know, one of the few like And the more I think about it, nah, like she, she, yeah, she <laughs> just. Okay. And he's all, he also told me to be nice to everybody. He said, even the ugly people, you should make them feel nice. Mm-hmm. Everybody. He said, you never know who you're going to need. You never know. End. Never know. It's facts. I think from my dad, so my dad used to be the equipment manager at Savannah State. And um, the niggas loved my dad. It's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember he had this big sign in his office. And, you know, his office was, like, connected to the locker room. Mm-hmm. And it said character above all. And he used to always just talk about like how you act when nobody's watching you is who you are. Mm-hmm. So that always just made me want to be a good person. So character over everything. And then with my grandmother, y'all know my grandma from Defusky. <laughs> so she'll say some country shit. If you ain't got if you ain't got horse ride cow. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> if you don't have a horse, ride a cow. And I think, like, from just hearing stuff like that growing up, I learned to be resourceful mm-hmm. and just figure shit out. Yeah, figure shit out. Um, my mom was really strict growing up, and sometimes I do appreciate it now. I would ask my mama questions, and she'd be like, Look it up, mm-hmm. look it up. So I hate that I can't share like endearing terms, but <laughs> but I'm thankful for that because that's such a lost art. There are literally niggas on Twitter right now asking us a question that they can type into Google. Oh my God. They do it on Facebook all the time. Google is free, my Hello. favorite damn shit. And I'm just so thankful. Like my grandmother and my mother really taught me to be resourceful because they didn't really have much. So shit, look it up. Figure and it out. Something else I'll add that made me think about parents being straight is my mom always told me that I was younger, you don't need to be everywhere. Because you always want to go out, go to this part. I'm like, oh, like they going? She's like, I don't care. It's like, you don't need to be at everything. You don't mm-hmm. need to let them miss you. 
Yeah. They, they don't need to know you're going to always be there. Say, mm-hmm. no, nah, you, yeah. you, you're going to sit this one out. You're not in trouble. You just don't need to be there. And I'll just be like, like as a kid, like that's not an answer. Like, why can't I go? Because I said you're not going. You don't need to be there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, as an adult, I'm just like, and it's funny because I tell uh, some of my friends, I'm like, you know, y'all got fear of missing out. Dude. Like, y'all just be wanting to be there. Like, gotta be in, yeah. Like, Bro, you ain't, you ain't missing shit. Mm. And you gonna go and sit and sit, sit in, the in the corner and not do shit. <laughs> and not do shit to stay. Don't have one talk to nobody. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Um, so for me, um, for those who know me, know they know, like, me and my pops are best friends. We all been best friends. Like, that's, you know, we fought like best friends. We, you know, we, even to this day, um, you know what I mean? We, we, we the same person. Uh, actually, me, him, and my sister are literally the exact same person. Um, so for me with him, um, the main thing that I learned from him is literally figure that shit out. I'm trying to tell you. Like, he's always telling me, don't let it beat you. Like, whatever it is, don't let it beat you. He'll see me trying to fix him. You know, I might be, uh, it might be my bike and the chain that came off the bike and I'm trying to figure out how to get it back on. Like, don't let that shit beat you. You don't let that bike be smarter than you. And the other part he's always telling me is he was like, uh, and my parents, they call me Ski. Like, Ski, you know your problem? And I'm like, what? He's like, I think you're smarter than the average bear. And I'm the average bear. He's always say that shit. Yeah. And I've grown like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I start to understand, like, your problem is that you literally think you, like, you're smarter than somebody who's been here, done that. All the things you're trying to do, I've done it. Mm-hmm. So instead of you just trying to outthink me, just come ask me. Like, stop trying to, you know, and there's a lot of shit I got away with. <laughs> but, you know, the main thing was understanding, like, yo, like, just, just. Be careful. Understand you're not smart. You can't outthink every situation. Yeah. So maybe you just need to fall back and just, you know, move. Um, you know, one thing my mom always taught me was uh, you can't always leave it who you came with. And for that, yeah. um, in the beginning, it was just always, you know, talking about, you know, your friends. And, you know, you. I remember a literal example was going to a party and she pulled up to come get me. I didn't want to leave. Cause my friends are still there, and it literally was you can't leave where you can't go. But as I got older, I started realizing like you got friends who, you know, in the same situation, just kind of a you know more of a hypothetical situation. They're at a party. It's time for you to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you ain't caught that yet. So you need to leave. You can't always leave who you can't with. Leave them in that shit because they don't understand. Like they in the middle of that. They dealing with that. You don't need to be involved because that's not where you need to be in this point in this present moment. That's so. Right. Yeah, so Ooh, Evangelist Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, man. Big yeah, big JJ, man. Big JJ. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then my grandma, you know, honestly, you know, Vi, you know, and, and Evelyn, um, both same thing. Just be kind to people. Like you never know what people are going through. You never know what they're dealing with. Um, you know, my grandma is always, you know, tell my cousins and they were bothering me, like, all right now, that boy haul off and, and slap somebody, don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. And and it was because she would know maybe I'm already mad about some shit. Mm. And here y'all come with this, but I'm about to whoop y'all ass. Like, I'm finna go crazy. You know what I mean? So it'd be, but in, in common, in real life, it was more of a thing to understand it. Like, you don't know what people going through. Like, just no. be, yeah, just be nice to people. It don't cost yeah. nothing to do that. Like, nothing. It don't That's cost. such a, we take that for granted, though. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people really just don't understand, like, not even being nice, because I feel like you could be nice, nasty. But yeah. to be kind, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, to really just be kind to people. It don't cost you nothing to be kind. Nah, nah, it don't cost you. <laughs> it don't cost you a dime. It's well, free. People just go out of their way to be so nasty. And always, that's, yeah. I always tell people you should be nice people because you never know who's going to be who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never know who's going to be who. And it's funny, I um I just had an interaction with one of my friends from college. And uh, we'll talk offline about what, 
about what we're working on. But we were having a conversation. I posted something on my Instagram story, and she responded, and she said, um, you were always so nice to me. And when we were in college, and she was like, you know, sometimes you would come and talk to me. And um, she's like, I always thought, yeah, like, you ain't, I guess she thought I was kind of like standoffish at first. She said, but when I really got to know you, I was like, you're like such a cool person. Like, you were just always so nice. Like, whenever we're around y'all, like, you and your friends' energy is a really good time. Like, I appreciate that. And I was just like, oh, thanks. You know, it's, we graduated, what, 10, 11 years ago. And I appreciate that. And because of that, I'm kind of plugged in now just from being nice. I so. know. One time I went to the emergency room. And this girl that I used to stick up for kind of like skipped me in front of everybody else. Sorry, guys, that were in the yard. But, <laughs> you know, it has yeah. to be nice to people. Because, yeah. y'all, I thought I was about to go meet my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people, that's one thing that, you know, it also goes back to, you know, my grandma told me, like, you don't, you, people will never forget the way you treat them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, they, you can do a lot of things. You know, make a lot of mistakes, do a lot of good, but people will never forget the way, and not only the way you treat them, but they'll never forget the way you make them feel. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like people never forget that. You know what I mean? That's you know that's why you got friends. Like certain friends, you'll be around and you feel a way when you're with them, you know, good or bad, and that's kind of the ones you stick and hang around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that kind of goes back again. Just being kind again, it costs you nothing to do. Yeah, it just and you got to try both ways, right? I got to try to you know be nice to you. I got to try to be an asshole to you. Yeah. But either way, I got to try. Yeah. So why am I just being a dick? You know, I mean, when I was a little kid, I was small as one. And I'm sticking up for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was the same person I am. Now, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to joke. I'm going to do all them things. But, you know, when I'm starting seeing somebody getting bullied, like, I'd cut that shit off. Yeah. I, was the, yeah. I was the one in the classroom. I know you ain't talking. You know, I was him, <laughs> right? I like, like yeah, that. like you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you ain't talking about such and such because you the nigga that. Yeah. And now I'm really digging it. Now you crying. Because I'm saying all the parts of wild shit I shouldn't be saying. But in the day, it's more so me helping this person because you ain't had no right to do that. Um, and fall into that same lane of, you know, again, you know, just be nice to folks. You know what I mean? So I think that's a good point to close with. It is. I'll let oh, be kind. Yeah, man. Be kind. Be, be don't kind. wait till tomorrow. Be kind today. Don't, don't pussyfoot. Don't pussyfoot. Don't lollygag. <laughs> don't dilly-dally. <laughs> do it today. Do it today. Start now. Alright, so uh that is episode 109 of the Untitled Podcast. Very pod. Hey man. Long ass time. Jesus, time to run some checks. 109? 109. Let's get it. Hey, 109, <laughs> man. Let's get it. So uh appreciate y'all for coming out. Um being on L. Appreciate you coming for being in the <laughs> Don't get to see Ev enough, man. Don't get to my see manager. Yeah, yeah, it's out to the manager. Shout out to my manager. You know, part, you know, honestly, she probably came because you done been on a few times. Like, you know what? Let me just make sure he don't say nothing stupid. <laughs> right. I'm pulling up because you get on there, you start wilding out. Family business. Yeah, last time you said some shit, you had no business saying. So you say it when I'm there. So not management that came. Yeah, absolutely, man. So ain't nothing wrong with that. You know? Ain't nothing wrong with that. So that being said, everybody fuck with us first time, last time, whatever times always love on this side. Um again, you fuck with us, folks. If you don't Don't you worry about it, bitch. I know somebody like it. That's a fact. So that being said, peace and blessings. Yes, sir.
Yeah, boo, talk your shit. Ooh, give me some more flavor. It's the Untitled Podcast.